who's still doing a show. It's Talk of Champions. Tyler, watch Jim Dunaway here. We're about to talk about the SEC champion, Alabama Crimson Tide, on their way to the college football playoffs. Show brought to you by a lot of great folks, the folks at Roback. Roback.com, promo code TNR20 this holiday season. Get a chance to get 20% off. Anything on their website, Roback.com, Roback.com. Also, our friends at MyBookie, MyBookie.ag. Get a 50% deposit bonus there when you go use the promo code next round. And by our friends at the Watts Agency. Your name's on it, so it means a lot to you. Give me a call, 205-822-5477. It does mean a lot to me. It, it means a lot to me to help other people. Absolutely. You're a giver. I always have. That was a little bit. There, My kids watched a show that had a character that did that a lot. It was, um, uh, they're from Australia. It was this, the, this little band. I can't remember the name of them. Um, but one of their characters did that a like lot. Like a boy band? Uh, it was it was it was kids' music for like when they were okay. little bitty bitty kids. Okay. Um, Teletubbies? Nope. But in that same genre. Yeah, I'm with you. yeah, it was Australian dudes, and I can't think of them right now. Um, that means you're hip. Nope. This does? I don't know. Yeah, firing on all cylinders. Those that Alabama football team right now. Let's start with. Speaking of shooting them up. <laughs> that's right. The Georgia Bulldogs and Alabama SEC championship. You everyone's had time to let that digest and stuff. When Georgia marched it down the field and scored on that first drive, we've been told since then that Nick Saban went over there with his defensive staff and the staff on the headsets and basically said, let's just, let's just, let's just play them straight up. Let's just let our guys play and keep it simple and make them beat us instead of us beating ourselves. I guess if I'm a Bama fan, I would ask myself, why would you not do that every week? So there's my question. That's the question. Why would you not do that every week? Sometimes I think that, um, well, first of all, you don't always know if you can. You, right. you, you watch, you evaluate on film, but you still feel that you have to have an answer for everything your opponent does. But this is, this is a question that's been going on for the last five years. Alabama potentially tries to do too much on the defensive side, and it slows down their players because they're thinking instead of reacting. Sometimes you're just better than your opponent, and you do need to get back into making them beat you straight up. I had not heard that. Um, I was talking to somebody, though, at halftime, and we were discussing how Georgia on that first possession, a lot of misdirection, a lot of, lot of speed, you know, getting up, hurrying up to the line of scrimmage, keeping Alabama off balance, and then that kind of went away. Maybe that's the reason why, is because they, they realize that, hey, they've adjusted, none of this stuff's going to work anymore. But we even talked about it at halftime. So many times you get to this point of the season, championship games and stuff, and some coaches will get away from who they are. And you've got to stay true to what you do, what you do well, because it's comfortable for the players and they know what to do and how to react and how to play at that. So I guess that falls in line. Uh, there's one observation I have, and, and Georgia is not Michigan, and Michigan is not Georgia. They're both separately really good football teams but there is a physical element to both of them. They do a lot of things alike. And I will tell you, as we get ready for the Michigan game in Pasadena, I love the way this team tackled on the edges right. when sometimes they, they have the hats yeah. out there for man-on-man -man blocking. This team and this defense has been really good about beating a blocker and making a tackle. So in, in big games, that, that's always key is – how do you prevent what typically is a 15-yard gain from being a 15-yard gain and making it a 5-yard gain? You can live with that, right? Right. 
Um, open field tackling is kind of a lost art anyway. I, I don't know that they spend enough time on it across the country at, at any particular level of just the fundamentals of football. You, you get so caught up in the X's and O's that you get away from what really matters, putting your hands where they're supposed to be, driving people, blocking, tackling. That, that's what wins football games. Our secondary has done a tremendous job. Deontay Lawson, you could tell he was as close to 100% as we've seen him in a long time. That's right. He was a completely different player than what we saw the previous week versus Auburn when he was struggling to get to the ball carrier. He, the ankle injury, he was a step slow at Auburn. That was a little bit better. Now he gets a whole month to get rested. Absolutely. So, so you're going to have some guys heal up as well. But, yeah, perimeter tackle, secondary coming up and run support was key the last two weeks in Alabama being able to win those football games. Yeah, so I love that on the edge. And then another thing, our friends at Pro Football Focus, um, they watched all the games, 10 of them, on championship weekend, and they graded Caden Proctor out as the best offensive lineman in any team in any game this past weekend. Uh, we talk about where Jalen Milrow has come from week one. Let's give a little shout-out to Caden Proctor, where he's come from in week one. Going against a little bit bigger guy on the defensive side than what we've seen in the last couple of weeks, which helps him. But I even noticed the same thing during the course of the game. His run block was outstanding. You could tell the guy was jacked up and ready to play prior to the game. I mean, he was excited, visibly excited, like something I've not seen from him all year long. You could tell he was ready to go. But his run blocking was, was, was really good. He was getting his hands on the defender, driving with his feet. He did a good job of his leverage. But even in a lot of one-on-one -on -one pass pro setups, he was moving his feet and he was forcing the guy around him or just staying mirroring him. He, he wasn't getting beat. He had one bust to where his defender went down and he had an edge pressure. He didn't pick that up. But outside of that, that's the only thing I really saw. It was by far his best game. And that whole unit, Tyler Booker told me afterwards, you know, we finally have become the offensive line in August I thought we were going to be. What, is, is it, it's not just Proctor. I mean, across the across line, the they're getting better, right? Now you've got five guys trying to do one thing. They all have to win their battles to have a successful play. We've always talked about this. It's the most challenging thing uh, because of the sheer numbers that it takes to be a right, to be, to be perfect. And one guy messes up and the whole, whole play is a bust. So, yeah, it was, it was probably their best performance of moving people consistently. I would say. Did a great job in the first first half. Lacked off a little bit in the third quarter. Some of that might have been play calling as well, though, just kind of getting away from the run. But, you know, it was a lot of times it was pick up four or five yards on first down, and then we would throw it twice. I didn't necessarily care for that. I, when you got a guy on their heels, I like to keep them on their heels. But this offensive unit up front played by far their best game. So, so a month's off. Then again, Georgia didn't rush but three people. Yeah. You know, they, they were so concerned about Jalen Milrow. I don't know why, but, I mean, yeah, he's going to beat you. He's going to get his. But to, so to sacrifice two guys right. to mirror and not be a presence in either pass rush nor pass protect. To give him coverage. time to throw. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just I didn't understand that philosophy. Yeah. And it didn't make sense because if you're bringing pressure, as long as you don't get past him, you're still Rush lane discipline. Yeah. Rush lane discipline. Yeah. If you're where you're supposed to be and you're not giving up the gaps, then it's a challenge. It's basically that heat dome where you, you keep it, you keep everything in, in front of you there. Yeah, that's a great point. I, I had not thought about it. As I think back, the great time Jalen had a lot of plays, it was a three-man rush. Yeah. Five on three. Not rushing anybody. Five on three. It's a great point. Uh, Tyler Watts, the Watts Agency. Our friends at MyBookie.ag, MyBookie.ag, promo code next round gets you a 50% deposit bonus as we do the talk of champions here, getting ready for the college football playoff. And, and one thing that will happen moving forward now out of after winning the championship, 
30th, by the way, in Alabama history, 30 SEC championships, and by far number one in the league. I, I don't, for some reason, twice. For some reason, I don't want that to wash over people anymore, that to be the SEC champion still means something. We're such in a, uh, during the Saban time, it's been, I mean, for good reason, six national championships. You played in three other championship games and lost. It's all about the playoffs. Right. Uh, the SEC championship, it is by far the best conference on the planet, and it still means something to win this I league. had a lot of friends at that game Saturday. So it was by far the best atmosphere of any of the prior conference championship games that they've been to. Uh, a little, little more challenging for me since I'm in the booth and we're in press box to, to really get a gauge of, of what the atmosphere is like. They said it was by far the best one. Yeah, it, it was a, I, and I said this, it was a top 10 win for me if I put on my fanboy hat in Alabama football history. And I don't really? know why. I can't tell you that because I've seen, you know, in my lifetime, I've seen a number of national championships and a lot of big wins. But there was something about, I think it has to do with this team and I've gotten to know the personalities of four or five of the guys really well of how the nation has talked about the game almost passing Nick Saban by a little bit. You were starting to hear a little bit of that last year. Kirby sort of has become the younger version of Nick on the stage. They had won 29 games in a row. They were really, as they should have been, confident going in. Um, the, the fans were. There was just something about the smiles on the Alabama fans' faces when I was leaving when I went back and watched the, the television broadcast. Were you shocked? That, that moved that into my top ten all-time Alabama wins. And I'm not giving it the, you know, the, what it deserves because I honestly felt that Alabama would win that football game. And maybe so I'm not giving it its, its, uh, what it's due. Um, were you shocked and surprised at how calm Kirby Smart's demeanor was throughout the course of that game in all of his interviews. He was, he was yeah, we've been in tough situations before. Was, uh, almost to the point of nonchalant, yeah. I thought. Um, well, I think when you've won 29 games in a row, you've seen it all. And I think like at halftime. Have I, you? I, He's I, dominated a majority of those teams. They've been, they've been behind before in games. You, know, they were, you still, though, get a sense. There's a difference between being behind because yeah. you've missed some opportunities versus these guys are might just be more physical and better than us today. They were they were behind going to the fourth quarter in the national championship game they won against Alabama. Yeah, that's a long time ago. I'm talking yeah, about over the last was, 29. You, we, we're talking about 29. Well, games. that's that's part. That's where the streak started. You know, they lost the SEC championship. They beat, they beat Michigan, Michigan, and, and then they, they beat, beat Alabama. Us, yeah. So that was win two of 29, and they were behind going to the fourth quarter. Um, I think you know at that point you've got to just have the faith that they're going to come back. And, um, and Alabama, no. I take it almost as, as though that he couldn't. You want a sense of urgency, but you don't want to create panic. A hundred percent, yeah. And, and I was almost like I would have been on the nerve of my seat. We got to do this. We got a little more intense. So I wonder if he was reading his team and seeing that they were worried. Yeah. So he was trying to calm them down a little bit. Dude, we got this. I don't. We got I don't this. Um, I took music appreciation in college, not psychology. <laughs> This is Talk of Champions, Roback.com, Roback.com, promo code TNR20, great gifts this holiday season. Anywhere at Roback.com on the website, get 20% off TNR20. Um, just you know, so many heroes uh, on this team when they, they get called on, heroes in a sports term. I know some people hate when you say that, but just heroes for a team. Um, like Trey Amos. Okay, Kool-Aid goes down. Here comes Amos in this game. 
And, of course, you quarterbacks are going to throw right at him on the first play. The coordinator goes right after that. And you're going to put Brock Myers. If if Mike Bobo had watched enough film, he would also understand Trey Amos had been in this situation before. He made the play of the game versus Tennessee, forcing the Milton, Joe Milton, to double clutch, which allowed the the sack that was scooped and scored for a touchdown that really separated Alabama and Tennessee that day. He's been in this situation before, and it seems like every time that he comes in, he's extremely physical, and he gets after it, and he makes a play. He, he is such a talented guy, and we had Roman Harper on our show this week. He actually thinks that Alabama's secondary may be best with Amos at one corner, Kool-Aid at one, um, Move, you know, Terry on over to, to a, a star, Malachi in on the slot there, yeah. and, and Caleb down, down yeah. in the box. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a good nickel there, and throw a dime out there. We with started Jaylen seeing Key. that a couple of weeks ago, too, yeah. where Caleb Downs would actually come down into the box, so you have him in run support, which he does such a good job, but also to apply pressure on a guy like Brock Bowers. Now, Brock Bowers was not 100%, I think we'd all know that, but still, having that physical guy up front to disrupt the release and change the pattern a little bit, that was huge as well. One thing that uh, Michigan will have to do that they have yet to put their finger on is manage Big Ten Championship to playoff time, that uh, time in between to get your team ready for the game. Michigan has lost six straight bowl games, including the two playoff games under Jim Harbaugh. They are one in six. Nick Saban s- seems to be very good. And he pat- you know, Kirby took it with him. The formula of when days are off, when to practice, when to install, when to go physical, when to to have your team ready for that one night. Because I would imagine, please tell everybody how how hard it is to have basically 30 days off between games. It's a challenge because creatures of habit, right? We always talk about that, the regimental daily deal of, of every football player, the weeks. You have this many weeks or this many days get prepared for the game than this many weeks before you have your off week. And everything is regimented. So now you have a period of time, it's kind of like preseason. You're just practicing. And what are you really accomplishing? And it's hard to physically stay where you need to be as well as mentally. And it can become a drain. And then I've been in two or three bowl games where by the time the bowl game rolled around, man, we were just tired and ready to go home. I mean, it was just a process that was drawn out. Wasn't exciting to be there, and that's the challenge that these these coaches have. Yeah, and they seem to do a good job. Um, we're going to do another talk of champions to preview the X's and O's of the Alabama Michigan game as we get a little bit closer to that. Um, but they're obviously very talented, and they're a team. If you have not watched a lot of Michigan, that at times will throw seven offensive linemen out there at one time. So I think Alabama's strength on defense—they're good everywhere—is their secondary when they're in nickel and dime. Is there a chance you play the whole game never in nickel or dime in this game? Uh, possibly. Possibly. I mean, you've got a couple of interchangeable pieces though, with a guy like Caleb Downs who can come down and be a, a small linebacker, so to speak. But, yeah, Michigan wants to try to see if they can win in the trenches. They want to be the physical team. If they find success, they'll stay in it. It'll be the biggest challenge. Alabama has to stop the run game first to kind of uh, you know force Michigan into something they're very uncomfortable with. Uh, Rose Bowl, and I'll throw this stat out for everyone who may have missed us on the show. Maybe you just watched Talk of Champions here. Maybe you didn't hear it on the show this week. Maybe you already know this stat because you're good with this. But I'm doing some research getting ready. In all-time Rose Bowl games, Michigan only has three more wins than Alabama all-time in the Rose Bowl, which is mind-boggling right. to me, right? right? Alabama's five wins, one loss, one tie. 8-12 and 12 for Michigan. 
Alabama played in the Rose Bowl game in the 2020 season, the 2021 Rose Bowl, and that was in Arlington because of the pandemic. Michigan hasn't been in this game since 2007. It means so much to their fan base, and now they're finally back in the actual Rose Bowl. It's going to be fun. This is it's actually the Rose Bowl game, not the national championship game. We've been the out there for deal. the national championship. Yeah. This is the real deal. Rose Parade earlier in the day. Uh, afternoon kick, San Gabriel Mountains. This is going to be fun. It is going to be fun. I'm excited about it. Yeah. You know, I get to complete the trifecta, too. I have played on that field. I have watched a game on that field in 2009 when Alabama, and now I get to call uh, the Rose Bowl. So you've done it all. Uh, that's the trifecta as far as I'm yeah. just a head coach. That's all the only thing I can. So you guys are quickly doing the math. That would have been the UCLA-Alabama game? Yeah. I'm one and one. One and one. Oh, and one when I play. Yeah, one and one when I cheer. Thank I'm, God I'm gonna, be, I'm gonna be cheering. Yeah, <laughs> thank God this you're not. Time. Well, I mean, I'd like to have you on the Appreciate team. Appreciate that. Thank God yeah. I'm not playing. Right? You no, know, I was gonna. I swear, I was that's gonna, where you were going. I was gonna say that, but I, you know, I'd like to have you in the you know quarterback depth room. Good, um, good QB. One three last or thing. Four. I, I I know that uh, that Milrow got MVP. I I did not think that was his best performance in the last month by far. I I thought he was just north of average. I thought he missed a lot of opportunities that he had. Which is not horrible, though, because Alabama, for the first time in a while, won when he wasn't pretty close to his best. He didn't have to be a superstar for them to win. I, he did I, not have to put the game on his shoulders to win that thing. Uh, hats off to Roydell and to Jace for picking up. I mean, Roydell and Jam for picking up when Jace was out of there. No, but the biggest thing was that defense. Yeah, and the defense was fantastic. It was really the strength coming in that we knew would travel, be consistent. Yeah. They played outstanding. Yeah, and, and these receivers, man, we we trashed them for a couple of years just because they weren't, you know, Jerry Judy and Waddle and Devontae. Right. These are some dogs at receiver, man. They make some tough catches. Jermaine and, and Bond, they make some tough plays, man. And, and Cubby Prentice can, got an opportunity he when did. Vincent exited the game to come in and make a couple of plays as well. Um, it'll be a different look versus Michigan. Also, how much man do they play? Georgia plays a lot of man. A lot of times from a quarterback standpoint and wide receiver, it's a one-on-one situation. You just have to win your matchup great separation. Now you're really going to have to start reading defenses because I would imagine Michigan is going to force Jalen Milrow to read coverage and to be accurate with the football. He potentially might be able to do that. I think he can. Yeah, I think he can because I think that's going to allow enough protection up front for him to deliver the ball downfield. Second best grass in the world in Pasadena. I love that's it. just what everybody's always told you. No, it's good. When you walk down there, it looks. It doesn't look like any other field. It looks fantastic. No spray paint? No spray paint A lot at of all. football uh, stadiums will spray paint their they're grass green. Not in Pasadena. Look forward to it. We'll have another uh, talk of champions coming up football-wise before we get to Pasadena. Thanks for being with us. Thanks so much to mybookie.ag, rowback.com, and, of course, our friends at the Watts Agency. Give us a call. Look us up online, tylerwattsinsurance.com. Whether it be your home, your auto, uh, power sports, your motorcycles, your four-wheelers, or your business insurance, we would love an opportunity to help you. Yeah, championship analyst here. First time, uh, first year being the analyst. And don't kind of, don't don't say that, man. Why wow, you just jinx everything? I'm not jinx. You're SEC champion. Well, you can't yeah, take that away. But you know the SEC doesn't mean as much as it used to. No, that we started that. off literally saying. Did it we does. talk? We did. Yes, it does mean a lot. That's talk of champions. 